Face-to-Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio with one of the leading specialists and foremost authorities in healthy techniques in relationships. Learn why honor, beauty, leadership, and self-help is important for your empowerment. Get practical information on why you attract your opposite with balancing self-love and health. Also, listen to proven strategies to avoid major interrelationship mistakes that keep you bonded and push people away. Now, here's your relationship specialist and host, Daiya Six. Hey, is this thing on? Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) I guess it is. Hey, beautiful people, how are you? Listen, my days are wonderful and blessed. And I hope that I am not the only one that feels this way. You guys know when life is just so tasteful that you just stay on this high. I actually woke up today feeling... um, was I feeling uh, dizzy? I was feeling dizzy because I'm consuming a lot of salt, this salt called tarine that uh, a lot of people out here in California use to put on their fruits and vegetables. And I'm addicted to it because... Um, it is, you know, it's sour and I love sour things, but anyways, welcome to face to face, healthy relationship talk radio. You know, we are one of the only shows that are dedicated to bringing you love, health, beauty, empowerment, and so much more. And if you are new to the show, my name is Daiya six, and I welcome you with open arms. All of you. Thank you for giving me your time. And you know what? It's why I give you mine, okay? So I want to clear a few things up, though, before we get started, because I've gotten you guys' emails, and I'm listening to you guys, all of my listeners. I want to let you guys know what's going on. Some of you have been requesting. Um, inquiring about um, the website, telling me that the website is down. And I know I get it. So the website is down because we're switching servers. We're moving and we are rebuilding it all for you guys. We are looking for the new site to be up. I'm thinking hopefully at the end of May of 2018. So we are making it better for you guys. And I had no idea, first of all, that the show was going to take off as fast as it did. So now we have to accommodate and make room for everyone and make it exciting and just, you know, make it make it fun. I can't stand doing work and it isn't fun, right? Now, these are the things that you guys can expect. We will be doing uh, Facebook Live more. So if you're, oh, if you're not a member Go join Healthy Relationship Talk Radio Facebook group page. I am active in that group, you guys, okay? Some people say, is this really you? Yes, it's me. I'm there. (laughs) Get over there and become a member as soon as you're done listening to this show because it's about to go down over there. We will have this thing caught on Mondays called Alamo Mondays, and you get to intervene when prize is there. I mean, the list goes on. We're about to have some fun. I'd be darned if I'm in a, um, you know, any type of work where I can can't have fun and give to the people around me. That's just not the type of life that I came to live, okay? And also, if you're a member of HRT Radio, we want to get to know you better. And one of the benefits is you will come on live with us, me and my guests, and this, um, oh, you you actually have the option of coming on live or via video. And guess what? We want to plug you in, plug your business in, all that good stuff and so much more. So it's going to be lit. I'm excited. (laughs) Okay, that's it. (laughs) So stay tuned for all of that. And I will let you guys know and keep you posted when that website is up. Okay. All right. Anyways. But in the meantime, you can still call in live or you can do a live chat with me right here every Thursdays from 2 to 3 Pacific Standard Time, 5 to 6 Eastern Standard Time. Okay. All right. Now let's find out what today's topic is. Shall we? 
Okay, today's topic is destructive anger. Ooh, you guys, what is destructive anger? How does it affect our rational brains? Is there a connection with mind and body when anger arises? We've answered these questions before on the show, and we're going to answer them again, okay? Because... I think, you know what, I think this is something that we have to continue to talk about, all right? And we also have a Dear Daia letter from an HRT radio community member named Beatrice, or Beatrice, who says it's hard for her to not respond to ignorance from grown people, i.e. adults. (laughs) She says, now these are her own words, okay? She says, I tell them about themselves, where they can put their attitude problems at. These are her own words. So I guess she just don't have the time and the patience for any of that stuff. And you know what? I'm right behind you, Beatrice, because I feel the same way. Okay. Also, let's see. What else do we have going on today? Um, I think that's it. We have a really good show. So I wanted to I wanted to make sure that we didn't bombard the show. Okay. Um, so we will talk about all that right here, right now. So let's start this tasteful show. Are you ready to get fed? You know, I always feed you guys. Get your plates, forks, and spoons out. Roy, let's dig in. In. What is this anger versus destruction, destruction, anger, all of this stuff? Have you been, this is what I want to ask you guys, have you guys been so angry, right, that you've looked like a Tasmanian devil, right? I know I have. <laughs> And my question is, how do we control it? Like when we become that angry, you know, you know, everyone looks like cartoon characters, right? And there are so many things happening in today's world that it seems like every day you can find someone who is angry, even if you go to work. Have a great day and you de- and you decide that you want to, you know, come home, relax. And then in that relaxation, you say, OK, let me pick up my phone or let me get on the Internet. Let me surf the Web. Right. And then next thing you know, you find a video where you will see someone laying someone's face in the cement. People are arguing left and right. Someone's head is being thrown around like a rag doll. Even you see athletes these days beating up their girlfriends on stairs and and in elevators. I mean, the list goes on. All of these actions are caused by the A word. okay? and not ASS. I'm talking about the A word anger. Well, today's guest is perfect for all these questions and maybe he can help us get a clue of what I call this beast within. Our guest is a psychologist for almost 40 years, founder of Anger Management Education in Chicago. He has clinical experience in mental health centers, in um, inpatient psychiatric hospitals, community mental health centers. He's worked with teens, children, and of course, adults. He's an author and we will dig in his book just a little bit because I'm interested in the book um, called Overcoming Destructive Anger, Strategies That Work. You guys, please welcome to the show all the way joining us from Chicago, Dr. Bernard Golden. Dr. Golden, how are you doing? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. You know what? Listen, I'm going to pick your brain. (laughs) I want to pick your brain. Yes. Because you know what? First of all, I do. You know, it's my experience. I always talk about my experience here on the show. And people are always angry more than what I remember 
as far as being, you know, a kid. Like it's 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 everywhere. It's all around us. And it's almost like, you know, we become immune to it. You know, um, it's easy to see blood and just go, oh, my goodness, these days where before people there will be a shock factor happening, you know. So I would love for people to get to know you, because when we were talking, you told me an interesting story on how you um even got into the field that you're in and it had something to do with your brother. Would you share that with our listeners? Sure. My path, my pathway to studying anger comes in two different directions. One, my personal life and one professional experiences. And I had my uh, own share of a, of a temper as a child. And in one incident, my brother and I were fighting as brothers do. So he had me pinned down and, uh, at one point, I decided, okay, I'm going to pretend I'm calm. I'll say uncle. Got off of me, and I immediately grabbed the shoe to throw it at his head. Uh, he had great reflexes. He, he just ducked, and the shoe went through a window. The window was closed and uh, broke through the window. I was only fortunate that people weren't walking through the entrance of the building, which was right under our window as the, as the shards of glass fell down. And that's just one incident where I realized I was losing my temper. Uh, so I, I have roots of my own anger over the years. Okay, but wait a minute. You were how old were you when you when that happened? I uh, may have been uh, eight. Get out of here! You recognized it at eight years old. I was a very precocious child. I was destined to be a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to be able to say yes, I'm. I'm. This is dangerous. This isn't a good thing. <laughs> oh my goodness! What a blessing! I don't know too many kids at that age that will say, "Hey," or even aware of their anger issues and problems. That's just that's almost unheard of. You I know, think it, I think it comes to being a little self-conscious about what yeah. people will think of me. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's what. <laughs> Okay, I got you. But still, at eight, though, yeah. see, that's when you know that that's when you know that people came here to really, you know, do do um, do their uh, service and duty here on this earth because it always really does start at a young age, you know. And um, the awareness, shall I say? I mean, that's even all the great books, Jesus, Buddha, all of them. You know, they were very aware at at a young age. You know. Um, I had, oh, yeah, okay, so I had someone come in, Roy, who says he tried to call in, and uh, for some reason it's not it's not going in. I don't know what, what that's about. But, um, but so, okay, so let me ask you this. So was that the last time you and your brother fought? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, okay, I got you. Uh, no, there were other times as well. Ah, okay, yeah, exactly. Now, you know what? I have a very similar story um, where... I, my sister and I was into a fight and she was upset at me because here she is losing her virginity at a young age, right? Well, she was 17, 16, 17, whatever, right? I was still a virgin. And my sister, and this is my younger, <laughs> my younger sister, okay? She lost her, oh, thinking about it, she lost her virginity before I did. So she was upset because she kept getting in trouble with my mother. And she thought that I told my mother her business, she wasn't even supposed to be on the phone. And, you know, back then, you guys, in the 90s, you know, there wasn't wireless. Everything was cord. So my sister was sneaking on the phone. She wasn't supposed to have been on the phone. She was sneaking on the phone. And my mother, all she, in order to find the phone, the only thing my mother had to do was what? 
follow the cord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, right? So my mother's following the cord. She's like, where's the phone? I know where the phone is, but I didn't want to rat on my sister, okay? Uh-huh. And I said, I told him to my mother, I don't know. So she said, hmm. So what did she do? She followed the cord that led into the bathroom with the light on. And when I come back, you guys, I'm going to tell you exactly what happened and what happened with me and my sister and how I got stitches in my arm. Okay, stay tuned because we'll talk about that when we come right back. Stay connected with DIA 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies and healthy techniques right here on Face to Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. ladies have you ever wanted to create a successful platform and a voice for yourself do you believe in leadership diversity and equality if you're between the ages of 18 to 30 by october miss indigenous international beauty pageant invites you come compete and represent your country in the only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty and the first to do it globally teach the world while serving your community imagine yourself being the planet's miss indigenous Finally, the luxurious feeling of being a real beautiful woman. Hurry, space is limited. Go to MissIndigenous.com and apply now. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. With Christmas dinner around the corner, it's time to make a plan to not overeat while still enjoying your favorite foods and the wonderful celebration. If you find yourself at a party or dinner, Remember to save your calories. Appetizers can really add the calories up, and the next thing you know, you are overindulging. The average turkey dinner is 3,500 calories, which translates to one whole pound for one meal. Don't let mindless pre-meal eating sabotage your efforts to stay nutritionally sound and to keep your eating light. Think before you pop those bite-sized appetizers into your mouth. Unless they are so good and you are willing to skip something at the dinner table, it's best to bypass the appetizers. Save your calories for the special dinner so you can enjoy your favorite foods. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. Okay, I'm on back. Karina, that's <laughs> you guys. We have Karina producing the show today. They switch off on me. You see what they do to me? They make me go cray cray up in here. <laughs> we got Karina producing the show, you guys. Anyways, okay, so before we went on a break, um, so my I was talking about, you know, what happened, um, how I got how I received stitches in my arm, right? Now this is similar to to you, uh, Dr. Gordon, because um, like, you know. You and your brother, you guys fought. My sister and I, we did not fight a lot, okay? You know, girls, I think girls could be a little different. They can. I guess it just depends on the characteristics, the household, and, you know, all of that stuff. I find more boys fighting than girls because of the testosterone level versus the estrogen, right? Uh Uh-huh. And so my mom said, where's the phone? So all she had to do was follow the cord, right? And I looked, I said, oh, my gosh, she's in trouble because she was on a punishment. So she wasn't even supposed to be on the phone. She, you know, I think about it. My sister had some balls back then because I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have 
done anything like that. So my mom busts in the bathroom, right? And I hear my sister and I start cracking up laughing. I hear her say, "Uh oh, girl, I got to go. I hear her say that on the phone. So next thing you know, my mom said, get your butt off that phone. You know you're on a punishment. I should beat your butt. That's what I'm that's what my mother says, right? So my sister comes in and she blames me for telling my mother that she was on the phone. And I was like, you idiot. All she had to do is follow the cord. She uh-huh. knew I didn't have it. She knows she didn't have it. There's only three of us in the household. So she followed the cord. My sister made a huge, ugly gesture and judgment towards me. Here we are shoving each other, whatever the case may be. And she shoved me so hard that it created all of this anger. And I think my sister saw the devil in me because any other time she would have fought me, of course, lost. But this time, she looked at me, her eyes got big, and I was getting ready to push her out the window. Do you hear me? I remember the feelings that I had. And I was and my intentions were to push her out the window. And we were on the second floor. Okay? And because I felt like, how dare you come at me wrong? All I've been doing was um, taking up for you when it comes to mom, you're accusing me of something I didn't do. Now you want to put your hands on me. So when I stepped forward to do my duty on her face, (laughs) Uh she took a lamp and pushed the lamp in front of her. So I ended up walking in front of the lamp, bust my shoulder wide open, had to get stitches. Right. But right. But when I look at that, I was I was grateful that it was my arm versus her life, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how angry I got. So I want to dig into this anger. Like, how is it? Why is it that so many people get angry where we have mistakes like that happening? Because they are mistakes. I don't think anyone means to kill anyone. I don't I don't think so. Um, but if they do, it's the anger talking that people are like literally totally out of control, you know? What makes us out of control? I see anger as a, it stems from some feeling of threat. We may feel a threat physically, we may feel a threat uh, to our emotional well-being, our own self-esteem. Uh, we may feel a threat to our resources, our money, our time, uh, yeah. our loved ones. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It, whether or not it's a real threat, I thought at that moment, and I say it's uh, the emotional mind taking over, we may perceive a threat when there really no, is no life threat really there. Uh, so it's a sense of threat. But also, anger is a distraction and reaction to other negative feelings. So I'm feeling unjustly accused, or I'm feeling devalued, or ignored, or disappointed, or betrayed, and feeling threatened. And then for many of us, we react from the emotional brain rather than the rational. Uh, I think of that kind of anger as uh, when you talk about what we look like the face of a beast. <laughs> well, yeah. I say, no, we're, we're like the little child having a tantrum. And it's not meant to devalue anyone, it put anyone down. It's that when we are that enraged, we are like that child having a tantrum. It's as if we're back then in our childhood. Yeah, right. And and you know what? I have to really say that because children throw tantrums and a lot of people 
that who get angry and who get mad normally are affected by words, ideas, situations that affected them when they were young. So it becomes triggers, right? Exactly. Yeah, right? It becomes triggers. So it's these triggers that is embedded in our DNA as if. And how do we get rid of that, though? How do we exercise our brains so that we are no longer affected by what I call this inner beast? It takes practice. Anger is a habit and thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. And all too often when we're overly intensively angry, it's not about the current triggering event. It's usually our emotional brain saying it's happening again. And at that moment, all of the feelings of those past uh, uh, experiences, the past hurts comes to fore and uh, we overreact. But just as it is a habit that's learned, there are habits we can learn to help us, I say, create healthy anger, which is creating a pause, being able to pause between feeling anger in our body and then de- deciding and thinking through whether or not we want to do anything at, at all. Mm, yeah. And you know what? They have this thing, this thing that I talk about a lot because you have anger and then you talk about destructive anger. Is there a difference in the two? Yes. Anger, is, as you were saying earlier, it's a, it's a natural emotion. And the ideal is to develop healthy anger. Healthy anger means we develop an ability to pause and understand not just how to not be reactive to our anger, but anger is really a message that if we take time to listen to it, it says more about ourselves than it does about the person or situation with whom we're angry. So if I take time to pause, I might reflect and think, oh, I'm experiencing, uh, I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling betrayed. You know, my key desire right now, I'm feeling my safety is feeling threatened or my security or my connection with someone. So it gives us a lot of information if we can find the time and the ability to pause and think about it. Yeah. And you know what? That's something that I had to learn because, (coughs) excuse me, you guys, I had to learn because when I was, I grew up in Los Angeles and Los Angeles had a lot of conflictual situations. So you had to learn the streets. Okay. And, um, I had to learn that because one time I was beating a girl's head in the cement and, and it really took someone to slam me to wake me up. This was, this was in high school, you guys. And um, this is when a lot of uh, uh, racism was, you know, happening here in Los Angeles County. And someone had to slam me, not only slam me, but I still had hold of this girl, even though I was slammed into the concrete. It took someone I knew to come down to face level. And my my face was in the concrete, pressed in. They were telling me to let this girl go, but I didn't hear it. But it took someone that I knew to say, Daia, let her go, let her go. And he had to say it a few times. I remember that. You know, we talk about that story today. But guess what? We have a guest on right now. We're going to bring in that guest. So, uh, Karina, let's see who's on the line. Let's see who called in. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Who is this? How you doing, Daya? Hi, who is this? This is Bernard Golden. How you doing? This is, oh, oh my goodness. This is, okay. So <laughs> listen to this. Okay, now listen. So, okay, Dr. Golden, remember I told you 
that I had a friend who had the first and last name like you, right? Yes. Yeah, this is the other Bernard Godin. Ah. Bernard, yeah. <laughs> no. And, and it's so funny because, you know, everyone here that works for me in, in my household or whatever, you know, because um, all of your, your files came up and they kept saying Bernard Godin. They kept saying, this isn't the Bernard Godin we know. And I'm like, no, this is a guest Bernard Godin. Bernard, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Over here, just leaving the doctor's office. I was trying to get some uh, renewal lens, but they didn't show up after lunch break. So I said, well, I'm leaving. I'll call them back later. <laughs> okay, I, I got you. Now, this is a man. Now, I'll tell you this, Dr. Golden. Um, this is a man that I've never seen angry before, even though he has gotten angry. And, and, and Bernard knows how to hold himself very well. But this is a man that I've never seen angry. Uh, Bernard. Yeah. You've gotten angry before. You know, I know that people, uh, you know, tease you off. And for those of you that that don't know, Bernard, um, Bernard Golden, not the doctor, but our um, our um, the one that's speaking right now, we go way back to our Soul Train days. We used to dance together on Soul Train. And Bernard, why haven't I ever seen you get angry? Um, because I learned how to deal with it from within. You know, when you mm. angry at someone... You can, you can be nice, polite to them, but you can fight the anger and the, and the ability of the person within yourself because there's a force inside yourself greater than the person's eye that mm -hmm. can fix the deal. <laughs> mm. Okay. Uh oh, that's a bad. Okay. Yeah. So okay. when you when you are uh, when you are uh, uh, into your when you get into a meditation and meditate on the anger. Okay, you guys, that was a bad connection, but I think he hit right on, um, Dr. Golden. What do you think about that? Right. Was, yeah, right? When he's talking about meditate or reflect on his anger, he, mm -hmm. he turn inward. You can use anger as a signal to turn inward. Uh, I, I get angry at times still, and uh, maybe it's because I'm a little older, I get more concerned about my body being agitated, so I kind of direct my attention inward, almost to the exclusion of, What's going on around me? Like whoever bothered me, I don't care. I, I want to calm my, my calm my body. That's my first goal at that point. Calming so your body. Now so you know your what? attention inward. You know what? And that is really taking responsibility of yourself, isn't it? Because. I know that I had to start practicing that. You know, um, I have this thing called righteous anger. We'll talk about that too, you guys, because we're getting ready to come up on tunes, and. Um, Dr. Gordon, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about your book. Let's get into your book. And then let's talk a little bit more about how we can exercise and learn how to manage anger so that it's not affecting the body. Because the mind and body, when you get anger, angry, the body is affected. We'll talk about that when we come back. How do you feel about that? Sounds, sounds good. That sounds good. Okay, you guys, so okay. stay tuned. Tunes is coming up. We still got so much to talk about. Plus, the Dear Diane letter, don't go nowhere. Stay connected with Diane 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques. Right here on Face to Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Attention ladies, would you like to create a platform for your success? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? 
intelligence, a leader, or trendsetter? What about a queen? Well, if you're between the ages of 18 to 30 by October, Miss Indigenous International Beauty Pageant is looking for you to come represent your country. It's the only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty and the first to do it globally. Come create value and make a difference while serving your community. Finally, the luxurious feeling of being a real beautiful woman. Hurry, space is limited. Beat the early bird deadline. Go to www.missindigenous.com. Apply now. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Some think that dessert is a naughty word, but it doesn't have to be. If you are a dessert lover, you will be happy to know that there are good choices that you can make so you can satisfy your sweet tooth and your after-dinner ritual of having dessert. Aim for low-calorie choices like low-fat Greek yogurt or 100-calorie popcorn. Both of these will fill you up and satisfy your yearning for dessert. There are also many good choices in the freezer section. Weight Watchers make several good dessert options. They are delicious and very satisfying. Placing fresh berries over low-calorie angel food cake is delicious and nutritious. Sorbet, frozen grapes, baked apples, and chocolate-covered strawberries are all delectable. Choose healthy, low-calorie desserts and indulge. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. All right, you guys, we are back. So let's get into what anger does to the body. You know, we got heart attacks. We got blood, you know, you know blood boiling, high blood pressure, all of these things. Okay, and we are back, you guys, with um, the author of Anger, or he's an anger management specialist, and um, uh, Dr. Bernard Golden, and he's also the author of a book that I really want to get into, uh, Destructive Anger Strategies That Work. Okay, so Dr. Golden, what are some of the strategies that work because I don't think anybody wants to go around being angry. Um, although some people might enjoy it because they're addicted to it. So I can't really talk for every, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but those that know that they have an anger problem and, um, they want to do something about it. What are some of the strategies that they can use to at least exercise on? Sure. There are some that are really simple. For example, driving along the road, someone cuts you off. I find one strategy I recommend is to picture the other driver like a five-year-old body with an adult head. Mm. And if, if you get the slightest smirk on your face, that changes your body's reaction from going into anger versus just a little laugh or a little smile. actually changes the hormone balance in your body for a moment. And that breaks off the reaction to anger. Or remind yourself, as a client of mine did, he said he got really agitated all the time when people raced down the road in front of him till he had to bring his own son to an emergency room and he couldn't care less. Mm -hmm. So now he tells himself, if they're doing that, there must be a reason. So there are some simple answers. 
On the other hand, there are other practices that take time uh, to be able to relax our body. Uh, might involve doing relaxation exercises, scanning and picturing the muscles of your forehead, your eyes, your neck, slowly your entire body at a time when you are relaxed and feel what that feels like in your body to feel muscles relax. The more you do that, you can then call that up when you're angry just to calm yourself sufficiently to think clearly. Again, that takes practice. Right. I, I use a, an, an acronym BEAR, B-E-A-R. Uh, I know that sounds like an aggressive uh, word to use, but it, no. worked with, it worked with the letters. <laughs> yes, yes. B I stands, get it. <laughs> B stands for breathe deeply. And that means inhaling and exhaling. Because that does help calm our heart, especially when you breathe inhale to a count of three and exhale to a count of six. Interesting enough, studies have found that your heart slows down a little, and that alone helps your body become more relaxed. So evoke physical calmness is the next one. And that's from practicing uh, those relaxation exercises. So it's breathe deeply, evoke physical calmness, but that takes practice. Next one, A, is arouse compassion for yourself and for other people. And what I mean by that is the anger is about suffering. All too often, people who stay angry or feel the angry first, it's because that's become more comfortable to sit with than the feelings of uh, inadequacy or feeling devalued or feeling less than or feeling uh, anxious. And so... Being compassionate with ourselves says, okay, this is what I'm feeling now. This is what my suffering's about. Uh, this is part of being human. Feelings come and they go. This will pass. Yeah. So arouse compassion. And then R is to really reflect on what are my feelings? What knee-jerk reaction did I have about this person or this situation? Uh, most importantly, also, what are my expectations? Uh, many of us live by expectations that are really wishes and hopes from the emotional mind. And we're not aware that they were unrealistic. Think of how many shoulds you might have in your daily life, in your head, about how people should behave. And uh, oh all God. too often, yeah. that's a, a formula for anger. Because you're comparing people to a blueprint that you, you, we have in our heads. Whereas people behave in all kinds of ways. And we can literally stop on a corner and spend our whole life policing people if that's what we choose to do. Right. We're the ones who are stuck with body, with anger in our body. But people, uh, the more you become aware of the shoulds we carry in our head, that too makes us more realistic in our expectations. And a little example of how we hold on to unrealistic expectations. A man I saw said his wife is always late, 40 minutes late. It could be a wedding. It could be going to a restaurant. I said, how long has that been going on? And he said, 15 years. Oh. <laughs> and, and so I pointed out very quickly that clearly for you to rigidly hold on to that expectation is setting yourself up for anger, frustration. It doesn't mean that she won't ever be on time. It's just that you haven't arrived at the right uh, strategy to help her do that. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what it is. Strategies, yes. Okay, I got it. <laughs> and you know what? 
we all have expectations and when those expectations are not met oh my goodness the talk about the danger of illusions which creates the anger oh my goodness i know i'm uh, you guys i'm guilty i'm guilty but because of that and because i understand how i work and because i'm conscious of myself and aware of myself i um I've learned to deal with it a lot better than what I used to when I was, you know, when I was younger. Um, and I'll give you guys an example. I'm a, I'll go ahead and share this story. I remember when I was with my son's father and we had just had our son and, and, you know, my expectations of him were to help me, help me financially, you know, cause I was holding the fork down by myself. Um, I had every, you know, money was okay, but sometimes when I would fall short, I expected him to be there and, you know, support me financially. And the fact that he couldn't do that and the fact he wasn't buying my son anything, he was, he was nowhere near the father that I thought he was going to be. So, you know what I did to him, Dr. Golden? He came over because I had to go to work. So I said, come get your son. He came to get his son. And I was so teed off at him that I put out the child support papers and I started filling them out in front of him. And I was asking him questions as if he was on an interview, you know, like mm-hmm. what, where's your mother's address? What is the best number they can reach you at? You know, mm-hmm. what, and I'm, and, and when, I, if you sh- could have seen, <laughs> I was young, you guys, you know, well, not young, but I should have known better. But it was I was angry. You know, I was very angry with him. And he brings that up. Like, I can't believe you really, you know, filled out the child support papers in front of me like that. Now, I didn't file for child support, but I was warning him and I gave him. You know, he's on child support now, but I gave him at least like six, seven years to get his stuff together. And he didn't. And this is without buying my son a single item. You understand that? Uh So I did not want to put him on child support, but I was angry at the fact that he was not helping me out. So I said, child support, you go after six, seven, eight years. You're not doing anything financially. No, things have to change. And guess what? Now I get child support. (laughs) So, you know. That's a good example of also is that some of my colleagues think uh, they don't know what to make of me when I say sometimes communicating in words is overrated. Uh, sometimes behavior is necessary. <laughs> Taking action yes. is a way to, to communicate as well. Uh, the other, the other, as you're describing, one of the challenges of letting go of anger, you, you took action. Sometimes letting go of anger involves, and I say we have to mourn and grieve those expectations that aren't going to be met, rather than just be angry, it involves mourning and grieving. And uh, a lot of times we hold on to anger because we don't want to mourn and grieve. We don't want to let it go. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think that? You think it's because uh, we feel that we're entitled. You know, when people feel that they're entitled, they tend to hold on a little bit longer, a little bit more, you know, a little bit tighter, you know? Um, why do you think that? Why do you think people... Uh, it, Entitlement uh, leads people to hold on to anger. Uh, sometimes anger works, and so people can be rewarded. They may intimidate people so they, so yeah. they get their way. Sometimes people are, are literally addicted to that physical rush. People might say things in anger that they may feel too timid to say when they're not angry. Uh, if, you, I, if I let go of my anger, then... I will have to be more responsible for my own life. It's, for example, easy to say, well, my life turned out this way because of my parents or my brothers or my sisters. But ultimately, we are all responsible for how our 
as much as we can be for our own life and making choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another example of, of, of difficulty in letting go of anger is that it's, a, it's, it's familiar. And like I say, learning new habits takes time, just like if tomorrow they announced the position of the keys on a computer keyboard, would they put them in a different position. You'd have a lot of people yelling and screaming, and your yeah. fingers would feel awkward as you move around that keyboard. Yeah. So they come automatically, go to the right key. In the same way, learning new habits of anger takes time and practice, and it will feel awkward in the beginning. Yeah, it will. And oh my God, what if they shut down the internet? OMG! <laughs> Really? You, know how people, you know how many people would be angry at that? Oh, my gosh. You would well, hear you, their voices without the internet. <laughs> right. Yes, you would, right? So, and you know what? It is, it, uh, I've learned how to um, control my anger a lot, you know. Um, but, okay, so you know what I want to talk about now? I want to talk about this book. You've written, you've told me you've written six books, right? Right. Um, but, uh, uh-huh. Bipolar Disorder and then... Uh, the first book on anger was called Healthy Anger, How to Help Children and Teens Manage Their Anger. And uh, it had some of the models of what I present in the most recent book, The Overcoming Destructive Anger. And the first chapter of that was uh, directed toward caretakers of children, saying, before you help children, you have to learn this yourself. Yes. Uh, and I think a lot of parents didn't like that. <laughs> you know what? Of course, because they're like, I don't have a problem. When actually, in reality, a lot of adults have more problems than their own children, which is why a lot of their children tend to have the same exact problems. Right. And you guys, when we come back, let's go ahead and get into those teens a little bit. Maybe you can maybe you can help some of the parents or guardians. Heck, even some of the teachers that are dealing with these children who are angry, you know, um, I know that I would have, when I was going through it with my uh, 16-year-old son, thank God we're over that hump now, but um, I had to use what I know, my clinical, you know, hypnotherapy and, you know, all this stuff, you guys, my my psychology background, I had to use everything so I didn't choke this young man out, okay? We'll talk about that more when we come back. Let's see what teens are mean. There we go. that's, (laughs) That's what we'll talk about. Stay connected with DIA6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques right here on Face-to-Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. 
Did you know there are over 50,000 shopping malls in the United States alone? Ever wonder why shopping malls don't carpet their hallways? Mall owners have figured out that women will snuff up more merchandise if they hear their heels clicking on a hard, polished surface. Not sure if there's any real science to back that up. What's a word for a person who is a compulsive shopper? An oniomaniac. Malls don't offer too many places to sit down because when you're sitting, you're not spending money or coopity coop. The average mall goer shops for about 80 minutes and spends roughly $75 each visit. My husband turns into a grumbler or a quaddler when I drag him to the mall. He warned me if I don't quit shopping so much, he would leave me. Lord, I'm going to miss that man. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. All right, we are definitely having fun. Okay, now, you know, before we go any further, because, um, you know, Dr. Gordon, I want everyone to know exactly where they can reach you, um, what they can expect from you if they need any type of help. Please let everybody know your services and where they can find you. Sure. I'm located in Chicago, and uh, my website is angermanagementeducation.com. And uh, on my website, I have uh, links to other websites as well, different strategies for dealing with anger. And also, uh, the book is available through my website as well as Amazon.com or other bookstores. And the book is Overcoming Destructive Anger, Strategies That Work. Wow, strategies that work. I heard that. Because no one wants to keep going to a doctor and not seeing any results. Um, most people, when they come to see me, they go, oh, my God, Daia, I can't believe I've only had one session with you, and I already feel like I've improved. You know what I mean? Um And when we talk about strategies that work, what are some of the strategies that work with teens? Because these days, teens are out of control like never before. I was walking through my son's school. You know, I can't even remember where we were. I think we were in McDonald's or something. It was a public place. But I heard these kids say, you know, forget that B-I-T-C-H. And I walked right past it. I mean, I felt the vibration. I felt his breath. I I mean, everything. And I looked at him like, do you not have respect for your elders? When I was a kid, we did not curse. We did not look like clowns in front of our elders. And these days, teens to me are out of control. They have no respect. So what can you say to like a teacher, an adult, someone that is dealing with a teen that is out of control? I think the challenge of dealing with teens or or children as well is to one, be aware of your own expectations. Um, children behave in all kinds of ways, and, and as you say right now, teens are behaving in, in different ways now. They lack an ability to identify feelings, even using feeling words. And so while you were asking a question about teens, the earlier you can start teaching children feeling words so they don't just resort to anger or or, or feeling I'm sad or hurt, they can better understand what's going on. The earlier you help them learn some of these anger management strategies to calm their bodies. You're talking about being able to manage their emotions. Uh, Clearly, someone who's more as a teen now is acting out their anger. You want 
find some relationship where you can talk about the hurt behind it. It's easy to be angry. It's much more vulnerable to talk about the hurt behind the anger. And I learned a lot about uh, managing anger in my experience as a teacher in, this, in South Bronx in elementary school. I learned how to manage my own anger as well as to help the children manage theirs. So in the interaction with a teen, lowering your voice, speaking slowly, trying to maintain eye contact as best you can. Um, emotions are contagious. So if you get angry in, the fr in front of a teen, it's just going to escalate out of control. Uh, yeah. A big, big part of it is recognizing the pain or the hurt behind it. Yeah, and you know what? And guess what? Some adults even lack empathy and sympathy and compassion themselves. So when you get two people who lack the same thing, it becomes a tornado and tsunami all in one, you know? And um, even adults, we need help. So you know what? I totally get that. Oh, my goodness. Wow, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you want to get into this Dear Diane letter? Sure. Okay, so here is a young lady named Beatrice, right? And she wrote me, she knew that we were doing, um, we were talking about anger today. So I guess, I don't know if she feels like she has anger issues or what, but at least she's writing in. Maybe we can help her out a little bit. <laughs> so she says, dear Daia, adults get on my nerves. Oh, here we go. We're talking about adults, <laughs> right? Adults get on my nerves. I'm sitting home with my children on Saturday afternoon. The day was wonderful. My windows were open and the breeze was perfect. Next thing you know, I hear my neighbor's music. And trust me, I can tolerate noise. I always tolerate noise. And to tell you the truth, it didn't bother me any because the music she was playing was my type of music. I was actually singing along with the music she was playing from her apartment building. But as the songs kept playing, next thing you know, I hear this awful sound coming from her apartment. Now, she is right next to me. Our windows face the exact same direction. So if anyone talks, scream, or yell, it echoes throughout the whole apartment building. She was listening to Jacket Edge, one of my favorite groups, and one of my favorite songs for them were playing. But she decided to start singing along with them. <laughs> <laughs> And her voice was terrible and awful. I told myself that the song would be over soon and that I should not react. But next thing you know, the second song came on and it was Snoop Dogg. She was rapping really loud and she was trying to keep up with the lyrics and she couldn't. So I opened up my window extremely wide and I said, please shut up. Now, I know deep inside I should not have done that, but I had to tell and express to this woman how awful she sounded because no one else in the building was doing it. I think I spoke for everyone in the building, but I was so angry. How can I stop from getting this ang angry again, especially when everywhere I turn, I hear a terrible sounding sound wannabe Soundbird. That's what she said. Want to be soundbird. What do you think about that? <laughs> my my knee-jerk reaction is if she feels that she has uh, an ear for the same music, invite her to go to karaoke with her. 
<laughs> so that other people could tell her how she sounds. <laughs> in a more right. gentle way. <laughs> right, in a more gentle way. It would be a time commitment and gentle. But there is a, you know, I say we best way to deal with conflict is to find common ground. So on one hand, an alternative way would have been, you know, I love the music you're playing. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but at least it start there and maybe get a little friendship before she could uh, and, and, and clearly too anger begets anger and so telling someone to shut up and yeah it, it's going to ricochet and you know what yeah unfortunately I do have to but you know what I have to say that I had a similar situation and um, there was a girl singing we were headed to Target and this woman she was singing she was in front of us we were walking we were in the parking lot and this woman I mean she did she sounded horrible I was in my 20s you know and I was loud and (laughs) very aggressive and um, and I did tell her I said you have to be quiet told her that. Uh-huh. I said, you have to be quiet. Oh my God, you don't have the voice for everyone to listen to you. Like you're hurting my ears. And she was shocked that I said that, you know, and my girlfriend was like, did you have to say that? I said, did you hear her? Like it got on my nerves as well, you know? So, uh-huh. I mean, I kind of understand where you're coming from Beatrice, but at the same time, you have to be compassionate. You have to show right. compassion and empathy. And this woman was feeling good. You said the breeze was doing, you know, the breeze was wonderful. It was a beautiful Saturday afternoon. So maybe you could have just put on some earphones, earplugs, maybe even played your music loud. Maybe you could have played music loud. Turn your TV up, watch the movie, close your window. There are other alternatives versus opening up your window and telling somebody to shut up. Oh my goodness, you know, but you don't ever want to get that angry. I know that, you know, where you have to fit, where you feel like you have to tell somebody to shut up. And if you feel like you're out of control of doing that, I would check your gut area, check the, maybe the foods that you've eaten. I would check, um, I will check how you're digesting your foods. And you know what? That's one thing that we did not talk about, Dr. Golding. You know, you know how anger affects the body. You know, um, blood pressures go up. Can you remind yeah, sure. other people what happens when we get angry? Uh, uh, well, blood pressure goes up. Uh, cortisol, a hormone, flows through the body, and we get into that fight-flight reaction. Uh, we breathe more deeply. Uh, we breathe more uh, rapidly. But we breathe shallow breaths, and that actually creates more physical tension. Some people describe they uh, feel tension around their eyes. Others feel it around their chest. Some feel it on the back of their neck. So part of your management is to recognize those physical symptoms as another sign to turn inward. Some of the uh, people I work with are so angry, I ask them, what's going on in your body? And they, I don't know, because you're focusing on the person or situation and not on what's going on internally. Wow, yeah, and you know what, that is, that's almost, um, that's almost a rush, that's almost playing Russian roulette with yourself, because when you get so angry that you can't even define your feelings, your thoughts, you know, um, you're not even aware of it, you're just so focused on being angry and the person and the reasoning and all of these things, that is a danger zone. And I find that a lot of people who, either they suppress anger, right, they get so angry that all the energy is boiled up inside of them, that they do create heart attacks, strokes, things like that, that energy has to go somewhere. Now, I 
tell my son all the time, I don't mind you being angry. Anger is something that we're going to go through. I do not want my son suppressing his anger. I said, you can go upstairs and be angry. Go sock your pillow. Do something. Don't ma-. But listen, don't make any holes in my walls. Go take a walk. Do some push-ups. Do something and make sure that you do not disrespect me. Because then you're crossing the line. So I've taught my son at a very young age how to control his self. And when I tell you guys, it was not an easy job. You know, when I when he was seven and eight and nine and, you know, this cute little thing, people like, oh, wait till he turns to 10. Wait till he, you know, turns into a teen. I was like, oh, yeah, right. I'll have it under control. There was a point where I thought that I didn't have it under control. I had to call in masculine energy to direct him. Um, explain to him, communicate with him, and also, um, what is it? What's the word? Uh, uh, have sympathy and empathy for him, you know? And we had to double team on my son. Thank God that I had the male energy to do it. Um, and I had to use all the tools that I use on my. Uh, my clients, you guys. So if it wouldn't have been for my tools and what I saw in my son, guess what? he would probably be six feet under by me. Okay, but anyways, we are coming up to an end. Dr. Uh, Bernard Golden, do you approve this message that we talked about today? Definitely. All right. Yes, he approved this message. I approve this message. You guys remember Instagram, Twitter, all of this stuff. Oh, my God, it just came up on us. This is the last of the show. We'll see you next time. Same place. Join us next week. Same time, same place. As Daia continues to give practical tools for simple, healthy, face-to-face relationship living. Remember, relationships aren't hard if you have the proper tools to build you a solid foundation. Don't forget to visit FacingRelationships.com for further assistance. That's www.facingrelationships.com.